Hey everybody, welcome to The Warrior and the Wolf, a place for you to show up authentically and vulnerably in a safe atmosphere where you are seen, where you are loved, and someone wants to come beside you and walk with you. Let's get started. All right, hey everybody, welcome back to The Warrior and the Wolf, episode 20. 20, it's hard to believe it's 20, Mark. I, you're, um, you're not wrong, dude. As, <laughs> as we were talking about this pre-show, I was like, wow, 20 episodes in, that's pretty great. I know, we, and we started this a year, a year ago, if you remember, like last October is right around when we started this. So we've been at this a year. Obviously, we've had some time off. Um, like, you know, you and I were doing life, man. Uh, we but were, that's actually why you see us on the video mm-hmm. right now. Yeah, We decided, we, um, n- not that it matters to anybody, it has no impact whatsoever on the content, but the reality of it is um, we realized that there w- was a need for us to have some better way to record these podcasts with more frequency. Uh, and so here we are on the sweet, sweet riverside, and uh, <laughs> we are going to make it happen. And the hope is uh, from our end that we're putting out more content on a regular basis. Um, and trying to see if we can meet y'all where you are right now. Yeah. It, it was just about, you know, we retooled a bunch of stuff, uh, you know, did life traveled, spent the summer with the kids, but we're back in full force, uh, ready to kick some ass with what we got going on. So I'm just realizing that the pornography conversation was episode 19. That, <laughs> that's not yeah. why we took all the time off. We didn't get any, no, that's or anything like that. <laughs> That is ironic. I actually had good feedback, and there's more more coming yeah. um, with that. Yep. So, but yeah, so you know, we have video now, so you guys can see our, our handsome faces, or at least one of our handsome faces. We're not going to say which one of us. <laughs> um, but yeah, so this this episode that I wanted to talk about, Mark, we had talked about one of the things that we say all the time in this show. One of the things that you and I um, really harp on is like. We want to show up different. We want to show men and women how to show up differently for the people in our life, whether it be spouse, kids, employees, if you have a business, just in general, showing up different. And one thing I've heard from some people is like, cool, well, like I get you want to show up differently and I want to, but how? How do I do that? And yeah. kind of the simple answer and the short answer I always give people is, well, it's going to be different. It's going to be different for everybody. It's going to be different for you, different for me. We're just in different mm-hmm. seasons. But what mm-hmm. I kind of wanted to talk about is just give people some examples of how you and I are showing up differently, how we're showing up differently in our lives now that's made an impact and made a difference. Yeah. And you're not wrong and it is different for everybody. There's, there's no question about that, but I think the one thing, at least for me that I believe is across the board, it doesn't matter who you are or where you're trying to start. I believe that self-awareness across the board is absolutely key. Oh yeah, I think like, that's that's first step. I mean, if you don't understand what's going on, you can't fix it or do it differently. Right. So, like for 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 me, um, I, I realized that again, and you can listen to different uh, episodes of ours, but I would always show up angry because that was the masculine emotion I was allowed to have uh, in my life growing up uh, into adolescence into adulthood. Um, only to find out that nine times out of 10 in that space, I was masking sadness or fear. So that's where that self-awareness for me shows up because it's like, no, 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 I'm sad. 
or mm -hmm. I'm scared and that's okay. So like the ongoing work that I do and how I provide safe spaces for the humans in my life is I know where I'm at. I know the shit that I'm in uh, and I try to see them for the shit that they're in. Um, and I, I believe that that authenticity piece, again, can be a generalization. That's also necessary across the board. You got to be authentic because the first, for me, if I know that somebody's not showing up authentically, the trust barrier gets broken pretty quickly. Yeah, that makes sense. So, and this is what I'm talking about. So I feel like that's all really good stuff, but I feel like it's also a little bit general. Yep, for sure. So for you, so kind of putting you on the spot, and I, I know you can <laughs> you can handle it. So give me an example or give the listeners or whoever's watching or listening an example of like a way in the past that you would have shown up, you know, inauthentic or unauthentic or whatever that word is, or not yeah. transparent, and then how it's different now. Sure. So you and I touched on it a little bit the other day. We were going back and forth via text, uh, your confidence and so on and so forth. Mm -hmm. As I step more and more to the self-awareness piece, I realize areas that I want to be more confident in and areas that I already am confident in and where I'm playing small, backing off, uh, doing the small ball thing. So for me, um, prime example with, with my wife, uh, how I show up with her is, I, I guess I would say tender for lack of a better word. I, I'm more vulnerable with her just because I know she is a safe space. Mm -hmm. um, and so I am more willing to say that I'm sad. I am more willing to say that I'm scared. Um, and there's times when I, I, I'm also realizing of late, I don't know what to say. So I'll hang on to it and process it a little bit more before I vocalize it and see where I really stand. Yeah, that make, that makes sense. So how has that made a difference in your relationship with, with your wife? Um, yeah, man, she knows that when I'm chatting, it's an authentic place. She, she knows for sure that I I've given thought to where I'm at. Uh, you, you know, you and I both have a, a reputation of being pretty quick witted. Um, and I am still quick witted. Please don't misunderstand what I'm saying, oh, yeah. but in that space, I, I won't just say things regurgitate, go back and apologize later. Hey, I don't know where I'm at. Can, can, can I have a bit? Because I want to be intentional about what I say. And I want to make sure that I'm holding a safe space for her too. And so if, if I say something that does damage that I have to go back and apologize for later, it kind of defeats the purpose, right, of providing that safe space. Because if she's holding safe space for me, violating that doesn't help. So um, it, it's been really, really good to just be mindful and wiser about what I say and when I say it. Perfect. Yeah, that's a great example, man. I appreciate that. So how about you? Of, Where's it showing up for you? <laughs> oh, so many places. Um, one thing that just really recently came to light with uh, Deanna and I, and what she was saying that's been really helpful is that I have found other emotional outlets because when we first, just when we first, well, you know, when we first got married, man, I subscribed to the whole, like, 
don't let the sun go down on your anger. And I took that literally, like say, we can't go to bed if we're still fighting. And I would talk that poor woman to death till she would you just get, no, no. I mean, and I tell on myself a little bit and it sounds funny now, but it was pretty like looking back, like it's super cringy. Like I, there was points where she would have to lock herself in like the closet and sit against the door. So I would just not talk to her. And it wasn't abusive and I wasn't being like violent or verbally right. assaulted or anything. I just wanted to hash out every little damn detail about this fight. Cause again, if you haven't figured it out after 20 episodes, I'm an external processor. She is not. So I didn't first for user marriage and we're celebrating next Saturday. We're celebrating in a week, 11 years of marriage. Hey, congrats, dude. That's yeah. awesome. I almost didn't make it because year one, I didn't know how to fight or communicate. And I figured I need to put all my emotional shit yeah. onto her, right? It was her job to listen. It was her job to fix it. It was her job to give me solutions, which didn't give her the bandwidth or space to deal with her own stuff. Right. So this poor woman had to deal with my stuff, her stuff. And, and I didn't see that. So talking about the self-aware piece is like I was a, an emotional train wreck, man. I'm, and I'm, I'm so glad you pointed that out, though, dude, because I, I remember early in my relationship, I went to Jen. I'm newly married. I have no idea how to handle this, right? And affirmation, that's the word that came to mind while you were talking. I went to Jen for my affirmation or my mm-hmm. validation, right? Yeah. Like it was her responsibility to affirm me. And it's like... Whoa. Oh yeah. I D was my like my everything. She was my confidant. It was her job to fix me. It was her job. And I didn't explicitly say that, but that is the messages that I dumped on her by yeah. not giving her space to so for me, one of the biggest changes in how I'm showing up differently is I'm intentionally doing other things yeah. in that realm of needing support and help with men like you, with therapy, with any other, you know, journaling, whatever it might be. And that has created such space and margin in our marriage where she doesn't feel like crap. He's going to talk to me about all this other stuff again that I don't know what to do about because she's trying to be, you know, she's trying to be a good wife. She's trying to be like, I'm here for you, but she's like, I can't deal with this shit anymore. Well, And again, that's something for, for, for me and and Jen, like that was a, I just kept pushing and pushing and pushing and pushing. And she was like, dude, this is not. And so she would back Mm -hmm. and pull back and pull back and pull back. And yeah, I mean, it's just, I I remember talking with Lisa last week, um, just about the fact that I put so much on Jen and it made her pull back so much. And it just made me chase her that much harder. Mm -hmm. And again, so for me, and I know that I sound like a broken record when I say it, but the self-awareness, it's like, Hey, your affirmation is not her responsibility. Like the amount of stuff I put on Jen was pretty incredible. Um, It's good to hear you say that stuff with you and D because it helps me realize, yep been there, done that. So one thing, and I don't want to let you off the hook because I'm exceedingly proud of you in this space. You (laughs) and I have talked a whole bunch. Your relationship with your kiddos is Mm -hmm. dramatically different than it was even a year ago. Oh yeah. Oh, so much. So, How are you showing up for them? I mean, the simplest answer is by showing up. Like 
I mean, and, and, and that's not, I'm not taking the easy way and I'll expound on that. But for those of you that have listened, there are people that have listened and you know, my story, like it really got real and stuff came hit and hit me like a, like a baseball bat upside the head when my oldest turned seven, two years ago. Right. And that's when, and, and, and he, he somewhat became a surrogate for me. You know, we've talked about predatory energy, which mm-hmm. I know is a big, like, gives us both like, Ugh. yep. Um, but I took all of my, my angst, my anger, my, which is so crazy to say, like I had so much anger towards like the little me, like mm-hmm. the seven, eight year old me. Like, why didn't you stand up for yourself? Why didn't you fight? So when I would see weakness or what I perceive to be weakness in my sons, that would trigger that and that would provoke anger right. and venom and the predator energy. And I would take it out on them. So through all of this and even this work, when we started this a year ago, it's like, I, I need to be, I need to be different than what I had growing up. Okay. Um, Are you open to something? Absolutely. Yeah. I wonder if you'd be willing to phrase that to, I want to be. I, I wanted to, be, I mean, it was, it's both. I wanted to be, and I needed to be, it was, well, it I was, get, in- I get the need, but I think, and you and I have talked about this ad nauseum stating your want simply mm-hmm. enforces the fact that what you want is worthy. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. No, I, I wanted to be, I wanted them to have something different than I did. They needed something different. I think is a better way to put it. And you, you bring up a really interesting point projecting. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, dude. How often do I project the bad parts of me onto other people? Oh, all the time. Right. You, you know, and so, so I, again, that's a piece of that self-awareness and authenticity, but knowing, you know, that's not my kiddo's fault. There's something about me that I'm projecting onto him. And I want to check that out. Yeah. And, and that's where I was at. It's like, gosh, what am I? I'm expecting so much out of this nine-year-old that he should be acting like an adult. It's like, that's not, that, that's just, it just wasn't fair. So to show up differently for, and you know, you know, the exact weekend of when things really changed. It was a weekend we were on together. I had to leave early to come down and coach, coach some football. Right. And I, was an asshole coach not to not to the rest of the kids but to my son Mm -hmm. because again i was living gosh projecting living vicariously through him if he didn't perform the other parents and the other teams were going to think less of me if you know just thinking about all that stuff so I was I was a complete jerk to him, and I this kid who had played football one time before, and was playing quarterback and would make mistakes, and I would light him up. So you, I, you touch on something that I promise you, another listener is going to pick up on this and be like, "Oh shit, you too," because how my kids respond, how they show up, is a direct reflection of me. Can we just call? bullshit on mm-hmm. that right now so you know there's a psychological term for that right talk it's called me. it's called identity parenting well, you parent your kids because you feel like your entire identity is going to be 
done through them. So you're hard on your kids academically, sports, drama, music, whatever it is. Like you push them so hard to perform because you feel like people are going to think less of you looking at your kids. And it was interesting. Um, So our oldest, of course, graduated two years ago now. Uh, Oh, where is he going to go to school? And I can remember when he was in high school, right? Like just there, there, there was a feeling about me as I wasn't as far as I am now in the work, you know, and it's just like, man, I don't know. I, I want Tyler to do this. I want Tyler to do this. And that my, my oldest dude, he does not like school. It's just not for him. Yeah. It's like he, we limped our way through junior high and high school and graduated, of course, did fine. But what mm-hmm. I realized was, oh, that's just him. And that's fine. Like he just doesn't like school and that's okay because as, and I don't want to get into the public education system and how I feel about that, but how he showed up on a ball field, how he showed up in a classroom didn't really mean that much to me as long as are you a good human? Because that translates from the classroom to uh, the, 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 the arena to real life. So as long as long as my kiddos are good, decent humans, like, and that's part of that projection, right? I'm projecting like that kid has to show up and then it's a good reflection on me or it's a poor reflection on me, which is bullshit. Yeah. And it, it goes beyond like, am I a good parent or am I a bad parent? It's like, I was like, my kid th- is going to throw an interception in third grade football and the rest of the parents are going to think I'm an idiot. And it's like, that is... Like saying it out loud is like, that is so stupid, but that's how I carried myself. So going back to that weekend, like we went on this weekend together, right? The weekend before mm-hmm. I told you about a football game where I sent my kid off the field crying in front of my parents and my wife. And I talked about this in an earlier episode when D was like, like you, you went too far. Like you need to fix this right now. So the next weekend we were up at this weekend and talking about the predator energy and both of us are just sitting there going, well, shit. Yep. Um, but in a good way, like, I feel like it was good. Cause I went down that mountain earlier. I came down and I went to coach a football game yep. and I had the same situation happen and I had a chance to react the same way I reacted and it broke my heart. I was broken in that moment because he turned, he made a mistake and he turned and looked at me with tears. And I didn't said a word. But yeah. he knew he's like, here comes the whooping. Yeah. But I reacted differently. I showed up differently by giving him a hug and saying, bud, I don't care what happens. I still love you. And I'm proud of you. Right. And that perked him right, perked him right up. And he reacted completely differently. And that was such a light bulb moment in talking about the showing up differently. Because in a matter of a week, I chose yep. to show up differently for him. And it changed things. It changed our relationship. Well, as long as we've talked about story like a gazillion times on this podcast, do you remember a time that you knew, and we can go deep into your story here if you want to, do you remember a time when you just knew you had disappointed your dad? Oh, man. Um, the, the reality is I felt like, like I was a disappointment pretty much my whole life. And that's where I think it's important to have the conversation. You grew up with that, man. Yeah. That's how you knew to parent. Like, 
I'm not going to let my kid do this. I'm not going to like, no, 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 no. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. And yet there it is. Mm -hmm. Right. So I I think it's important, especially for um, the men out there who, who are listening to this and they're like, oh man, I've shown up that way as a dad. Just encourage you to take a look. How do you want to show up as a dad? Because if you're anything like me, I want to do it a little bit differently than my dad did, right? I think we all do. So, well, you know what's funny? So you say that, and not to interrupt you, but so I made a comment a while ago when we first started this work, and somebody who's a lot smarter than me and a lot wiser than me in this work, um, who I look up to, and he's going to remain nameless, but I said something, and you might know who he is. Um, His initials are DC. Um, um, He, um, I made the comment about saying like, I want my sons to be better men than I am. Yep. And and he's like, you don't think you're a good man? I was like, whoa. Well, and and so for me, brother, like... (laughs) It's not so much that I don't believe I'm a good man. I, I, I'm getting the opportunity that I was never get. I don't think my dad ever got it. Unfortunately, dad's not here anymore for me to have the conversation with him. But I, I like to say that the generational issues stop with me. Yeah, It's okay oh. to cry. It's okay to be scared. You show up the way that you need to show up and be authentic in that. Again, as I said, as long as you are a kind, good, decent human, I don't care. Like I get yeah. it. And so yeah, I'm with you. For for me, it's just equipping my boys to be able to show up how they they need to be able to show up. Mm-hmm. I felt like, and this was never explicitly told to me. And if I think if my dad had the chance to do it over again, he would do a lot of things different. Of course. And I would, too, I mean, I would too. In my short nine years as a parent, it's like, well, I do that different or I do that different. But again, we're talking about this from a point going forward, right? We're not talking about the past. We're talking about like, how can you, how do we want to show up differently for the people in our life? You know? Right. And I also think it's important to understand the reason that we look back is because that's what's impacting where we are right now. Mm-hmm. And I believe that that past and that story and everything else impacts how we want to be moving forward right for, that's for, for sure that's the only reason i keep reverting back to the past because again to your point dude bob bob was an absolute rock star my i loved my dad holy smokes i loved my dad my dad was such a he was a great guy and he wounded me in ways that he didn't mean to again it's important to understand it wasn't malicious the same way that how you handled your your kiddo on the football field, it wasn't you. You would have never done that if you would have known it was going to hurt him the way that it did, right? Well, and, and I so, mean, that, if I'm being honest, like I, I mean, I wanted him to get that I was upset because I felt like at the time that was how I was going to make him better. Hmm. So so let's dig into that. Hmm. What That's, made you think your response was going to make him think, oh, that's how I get better? 
Well, I mean, that's how I was coached. I mean, I was coached old school style in sports. Like I was coached and, and yeah, it gets the same thing. But so I was just doing, so to your point, like that's how I was coached. I mean, I had, I had a, a basketball coach in high school where we were supposed to blow out a team. We should have blown out this team by 50 points. We messed around and won by 25. And he made us run suicide sprints for 30 minutes after the game because we didn't beat him by enough. So that would get you arrested today, I think. But well, sorry, so let me ask you this. Did you play better because of it? Yeah. I, I did, but that also was directed at a team and not at an individual. My target was an individual and not a team. So what I can say from my experience of coaching, just coaching my own kid, like the frustration, like it's hard to yell at other people's kids, especially in front of them nowadays. So my kid became the target. Like he, like I said, he has become my target for my anger, my anxiety, my projection, right. and the frustration of the team. So let me ask you this. You say you got better after those suicide sprints, right? And we call them Z-laps. It doesn't matter what you call them. They suck. Yep. Did you become a better ball player or did you just focus a little bit more realizing what expectations were? We focused and realized what expectations were. But here's here's the difference. I was a junior in high school. I was a 17-year-old kid. These are eight and nine-year-old kids. And that's why I say mm-hmm. a lot of times my passion in the arena has less to do with the fact that, hey, I want you to be a better player. Hey, I have expectations. Mm-hmm. Like you're supposed to beat this team by 50. Well, you only beat them by 25. And the case could be made. Hey, a win's a win. Yeah. But what the coach was trying to do was not make you better players. He already knew that you you were great, great players. You weren't living up to your potential. Yep. And I believe that. And and I believe that at any age can start to be, hey, you know, kiddo, let me ask you something. Did that go the way you wanted it to go? No. Okay. Well, what about it did you want to change? Well, I think I could have done this, this, and that. Okay. So when we go back out there again, you're saying you want to do this, this, and this. Yeah, I want to try that. Because, and I don't want to give away your career choice and your career path right now, but you're not playing professional athletics right now as a career, are you? No, 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 no. Okay, okay. I'm reliving my glory days by coaching third grade football. And so that's why I say, like, when my kid is out there, and my kid had a phenomenal game yesterday. I'm very, very proud of how he showed up. And he's having so much fun. It is I am not so delusional to think that I'm going to be watching him on Sunday night football. I'm not that delusional. Yeah. But what I want him to do is have a love of the game, figure out how to work, as you said, as a team, because it wasn't just you. There were four other people on the court at all times, and let alone how many were on the bench, right? And that's why I say what translates from the classroom to the arena everywhere else is being a good human. And, And it's easy to project as a parent. You've got to do this. You've got to do this. You got No, they do not. They unequivocally do not need to do that. I look at my 14-year-old right now who has homework out the rear end. He's playing jazz band on top of all of his other classes, and he's playing baseball right now, and he's trying to have a social life, 
and we want them to have family time. And again, it's important to understand 14. I said the age of 14. Mm -hmm. Dude, I don't want to give away my age. You can now tell via video. It's probably a little bit older than you planned on. But I'm guessing if we're going by age, I think I'm the older one right now. Let's just be honest. But but you catch what I'm throwing. Trying to gauge that at 14? Yeah. Can we start setting realistic expectations for our kids? Dude, I was doing it to a nine-year-old. Like yeah. I was, so you know, and all like I think I feel like we kind of we're illustrating points and kind of digressed into sports. So, but for me, you know, it's kind of kind of wrap this up. The big thing for me to show up differently. I lived my whole life for trying to protect myself. You know, in our work, we call it risk manager, and for very good reason, a risk manager and somebody came online to protect me from really bad stuff that happened, and I thought yeah. I needed to protect myself going forward. So. I would put it on everybody else to fulfill what I felt like I needed to help protect me, to help whatever it might be. The way that I'm showing up differently for my wife, my kids, my friends, the people I work with um, is, is realizing like I need to provide space and margin for them to be able to also deal with their needs and the things that they get what they need out of a situation. It is not all about. And it wasn't like a selfish like thought the world revolved around me. I didn't know how to give people space and I wanted everybody to take care of me and make me feel safe and protect me and that is not how I wanted to show up or needed to show up and is not a healthy way for me to go about it. So that's where I have changed yeah. to show up and- differently and be like, "Hey, well how can like we work together on this or how can I support you?" Which in turn Right. has helped meet a lot of the stuff that I need. It's crazy. I, I think for me, when you say we're digressing into the sports analogies, the reason that it works for me mm-hmm. is because setting the expectation is exactly what I have to do, not only with our kiddo who's still playing sports, but our older kiddo who has gone off, flown, flown the nest, and he's doing his own thing. And I do it with Jen. What are the expectations? First and foremost, all you have to do is show up and I love you unconditionally, right? And so that for me is one of the biggest shifts about how I'm showing up differently than I have in the past is mm-hmm. I don't have expectations. You are you are my son. You are my wife. Now, understand, mom will always come first. My, my kiddos know that unequivocally. Mm-hmm. Mom is absolutely first. Doesn't mean I love you any less. It just means that I love mom more. <laughs> yeah, that's, fair. That's, that's fair. But the expectation is, nope, I just need you to show up authentically. And what's fantastic is our younger one, the 14-year-old, is so in tune, man. It's fun to watch him. He's like, I just don't want to talk about it. Excellent. Because he feels safe enough to tell me. Because there was a time I would have pushed and I would have gotten frustrated that you're not telling me what I want to know because it's about me and it's about me and it's about me. And it's like, nope, you get to do you. My response to that is up to me, right? A thousand percent. That's up to me. Mm -hmm. But if I'm responding negatively to that, I need to look at that and see, okay, so why, why did I respond negatively? Because I feel like I want to know everything and I'm a protector. I can't Mm -hmm. protect you from what I don't know I need to protect you from. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I I totally agree with that. So 
I guess for me, so kind of my parting shot or to wrap it up, like the reason we, like I wanted to call this battle plan is, and you touched on it at the beginning of it is, is the self, the self-awareness, right? Like you have to know where your weaknesses are and your blind spots are and have to, a plan to battle those, to be able to show up the way you want to show up. Well, and, and as we've talked throughout the entire episode, dude is okay. How do I, how can I provide a safe place so the rest of my family can show up to allow me to show up the way I want to show up for them? Like yeah. it, it, it's interesting <clears throat> when, when, when we have conversations about, Hey, how, how does, how can other people show up for you to be vulnerable? And it's like, well, in a safe way, but ultimately it starts with me. Mm-hmm. Right. I, I always look at that as it starts with me. It's my responsibility. So having the guts to realize that you want to make a change and then making the change. Yeah. I mean, I don't, and that's, that's what I'm saying. Like knowing your, knowing like where your weaknesses and your blind spots are or where you're, where you're vulnerable to attack or where you're vulnerable to something being triggering you, you know, it's it's kind of a world war two analogy. Like, and I can't remember the guy's name, but he was a German tank commander and they called him the desert Fox. And I cannot remember his actual name right now. Um, but the way Patton defeated him when they shouldn't have been able to defeat him was he read his book. He read his, and he read his whole book on tank warfare and beat him at his own game. So for me, it's like, okay, I need to read the book on me. Cause who knows better, who knows our book better than us. Right. And that goes and- back to the self awareness thing. Like what is the battle plan to defeat me? And if I know what that battle plan looks like, I know how to formulate my own plan to win and to show up differently for the people I want to show up differently for. And you said something so fantastic there, dude, blind spots. Owning yep. my, cause I always used to think if I had a blind spot, it was a weakness. I can't do so. Like I have to be able to do everything. Well, mm-hmm. realizing that I'm never going to do everything well was no, not you. for me. It yeah. was so oh, good. Totally. Absolutely. So I love everything, but yeah, I mean, so my, my parting shot is, you know, if, if you're looking at what it did, I mean, first and foremost, ongoing, I guess is what I would say when we talk about battle plans, I'm, I'm Mm -hmm. light years from where I was five years ago with light years to go. Absolutely. Um, I think it's, um, probably not reasonable to think that you're ever going to hit or that I'm ever going to hit the pinnacle of what I want to be. It's always going to be a work in progress for me. So um, my battle plan is ongoing and, quite frankly, ever evolving. Um, I think the ability to change has been a bonus for me. But my, my parting shot would, would simply be that show up, show up the way that you want to show up. Uh, and if that's not enough for the people in your world, that's a different evaluation you got to take a look at. Absolutely. That's a whole different episode, but yeah. So as always, um, thank you for tuning in on whichever platform you are listening, watching, uh, whatever it might be. We are eternally grateful for, um, yeah. any support that we get. Uh, we are on all those, uh, social media platforms. Well, the main ones, Facebook, Instagram, not on the TikTok yet. Not yet. I'm being pushed that way from, from the missus cause she's smarter than me. 
Um, but it's all at the Warrior and the Wolf podcast. Uh, we do have the website, thewarriorandthewolf.com. If you want to check that out. Um, and if you want to reach out to us, thewarriorandthewolf at gmail.com. Absolutely. Um, yeah, we, if there's anything you want to hear us talk about, anything you got to say, we are wide open to hearing any of that. Um, so, yeah. yeah. It, truly, this is a podcast, um, not not just for, for, for the two of us, but for everybody out there who may think they're going through something alone. So if you want us to hit a certain topic, I think it's pretty evident that we are willing to go there. So let us know. Hit us up in the comments. Uh, hit us up on email. We're happy to reach out uh, and touch base with you and see uh, what the next episode looks like. Yeah. And uh, since this is now going to be on YouTube... And since my son watches an inordinate amount of YouTube, as I always say, uh, don't forget to hit that subscribe button so you know when we put something new out. <laughs> my son, oh, he asked me. Subscribe button. My son's a big fan of the Dude Perfect guys. If they're listening, I doubt it, but we love you. But they're at like 53 million YouTube followers. So yeah, he asked, Mr. He Beast asked, is a whole other conversation. Yeah. So Sawyer's so like, um, when are you, you going to get a million followers? It's like, I, I don't know. We got like four. So, and I think three of them are on this podcast right now. So, nothing wrong with that. All right, but yeah, uh, always love talking to you, man. Uh, appreciate everybody out there listening and watching. So, thanks y'all for us. It so much. Thanks for tuning in, uh, Warrior. Love you much, man. See you on the next you one. Too, Wolf. Mm-hmm.